Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm joined by David Curtin, the Illinois Family Institute's lobbyist in Springfield. He speaks with lawmakers from both sides of the aisle in the legislature, the Illinois House and Senate. Dave Curtin, the legislature will be back in session soon, and there's some things from a pro-life, pro-family perspective that we have to be watching out for. Maybe one of the top items would be assisted suicide. It really could be coming to Illinois. It could. It came to Washington, Oregon, California. So assisted suicide will probably be coming to Illinois. One would say in election year, it used to be where we would not have any controversial legislation. And this would certainly be considered controversial. Those days are gone. We're going to be faced with a lot of legislation that deals with death. The Democrats, especially the woke crowd, with the supermajorities in the House and the Senate, they are looking for some victories and they're well-funded. So we could be looking at that. They have supermajorities. Would it be wise to try to put up a fight against this? to call our lawmakers. Is there anything we can do to stop it? Yes, there is. And particularly since it is an election year, there will be uh, leaders that do not want to run this legislation. So we the people, if we can, uh, you know, inundate the leaders with uh, phone calls and, and emails at the appropriate time when we put out alerts, we can possibly stop this. It's very doable in an election year. So um, they think they can just kind of sneak it in Uh, If they can't sneak it in, it becomes less likely to pass. So the more noise we can make about it, the better it is that it would not pass. I I think a lot of Christians are silent on this because they think, well, it won't be as bad as Canada, and we're not talking about something like what they did in Nazi Germany. But goodness gracious, it crosses a threshold of what's right and wrong. Yeah, I mean, they just passed it a few years ago in Washington and Oregon, for people who um, had six months to live. That's the exact same legislation that's coming to Illinois. Now Washington and Oregon are talking about depressed people being able to kill themselves based on the success, quote unquote, of this assisted suicide law that has now been out there for three years. So it's the definition of a slippery slope. Uh, It doesn't stop at at the six months for sure. And the six months is kind of a misnomer because the legislation is written such you only have to find a doctor to tell you that you've got six months. It's not your doctor. It can be any doctor in Illinois. And so there are doctors who are sympathetic to this assisted suicide. And uh, so those are the doctors that are repeatedly gone to ask for this. So so the six months doesn't usually uh, translate into uh, a stopping point. Who stands to gain from bringing assisted suicide to Illinois? There's got to be a money trail somewhere. Well, anytime you do have big legislation like this, it is all about the money. But it's all, I, I always say, though, it's all about Satan, too. I mean, there are people who, it doesn't matter, they're not in the finances. There are legislators who want to see this done because they want to go down this path and uh, just like abortion, they want to go down that path. They're not getting anything out of it. They're not getting any money out of it. But there is a huge financial component. There's uh, an interest group 
or two that is trying to pass this in every state and they are well funded by uh, private donors and they are getting legislators to you know, move this legislation and then if they move the legislation then they're rewarded with the dollars. On the commercial side of assisted suicide, it can be a big business, for example, drug companies, because these are kind of mail-order drugs where you take the drugs at home. You don't even take them in the presence of the doctor. They send them home with you, and then you take them over a, a course of a few days, and, of course, they don't check on you to see how things are going, which is uh, sad in itself. It's the sort of thing that... The, the financial angle of this are the drug companies and the insurance companies. The insurance companies are saying, we want this because I don't want to have to pay for that $100,000 uh, medical treatment when I can give her a $3 pill and not prolong her life. Assisted suicide seems to be gaining traction around the country. But if we could stop it in Illinois, that would be a major blow against it, wouldn't you think? Yeah, that would be a real major blow. I mean, Illinois is known as a deep blue state, so it would be a major thing if we could stop it. It is easier to stop legislation than it is to pass it in Illinois, to throw that monkey wrench in. So we do have a shot at doing that. The implications of a stop here could be really great. Okay. You talked about abortion. Seems like the lawmakers are going to try to get on the ballot a constitutional amendment that would protect abortion. It's been done in other states. It happened uh, recently in Ohio, of all places. A red state seems like a slam dunk in big blue Illinois. Yeah, and um, the ones, uh, the progressives and the woke crowd that are proposing this, the pro-abortion crowd, let's just say that, and there are many, they see this as a winning issue. Two years ago, when we were supposed to have a red wave, we didn't get it in Illinois, and we didn't get it nationally. So they are going around feeling their oats, and they're saying to the leaders, see, this is a winning issue. Abortion is a winning issue in the state of Illinois. So why don't we put it on the ballot, a, an amendment on the ballot, to enshrine it into the Constitution as a way of attracting voters to the polls. Now, this never would have been done 20 years ago, but Illinois is at a point where we're kind of in this culture of death where people are clamoring for their so-called rights, uh, ignoring the rights of the, uh, the woman who's going to be depressed after she gets an abortion and the rights of the uh, baby that's being killed. But they see this as a winning issue, and the leaders now have to agree with them because two years ago they saw it before their own eyes. And this could be a way to ensure that legislative races are protected? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, there are lots of people who are turned who say they're turned off by candidates and maybe just will stay home, whereas this issue would get them to the polls, and that's what the, the left hopes for. The people who have kind of zoned out politically on, on the candidates, kind of gotten sick of it all, if they have something to rally around the abortion banner, then they will come to the polls and uh, cast their ballots all the way from president down to dog catcher. So yes, it hits all the candidates. It does the job that they want to do. The irony, of course, is that Illinois is the most protected state as far as abortion rights go, and they're going to make the case that uh, they're one step away from losing abortion rights to get people to the polls to do this amendment. But the other side of this is that it could drive more conservative pro-life people to the polls in opposition. Is that a possibility? 
Well, yes, and that's what we're hoping for. We're hoping that our base will come out and vote, not stand on the sidelines and, uh, and get out there and vote. So it's, we're hoping it works for our side. The Parental Rights Amendment that has recently been launched, so it's the same dynamic. This will be a classic pro-life, pro-abortion battle that pits one side against the other. You mentioned the Parental Rights Amendment. Is this gaining any traction, considering that it really doesn't carry any weight of law? essentially what, like a resolution that would be on the ballot? What's the value of that? Well, there's good points on both sides and there's good people on both sides. So I can give you the arguments on both sides. So we just have to say good friends can disagree on this. But the, the points of doing it is you get a lot of people who wouldn't ordinarily be involved politically, who don't work on any campaigns, be able to circulate these things in the churches, get them more involved, and give them more skin in the game to get conservatives elected, albeit through a, a parental rights amendment that you put on the ballot. Doesn't parental rights amendment, if it's passed, it doesn't have the force of law. All it is is a megaphone saying that the people state that uh, they want to see parental rights restored in Illinois. Parental rights regarding if your child has an abortion, you should be able to be notified as a parent of that fact. Would it help to bring parental notice back? They have brought it back. I mean, there is a bill for parental notice. It just uh, doesn't go anywhere because the supermajorities keep it locked up. So this is a way to get the legislation that's locked up, that never sees the light of day, out and at least talked about in communities across Illinois. That's their hope. I want to backtrack about this constitutional amendment that would protect abortion. So what's the process? It gets introduced in the legislature, and then what happens? Well, the legislature introduces it, and then three-fifths of the legislature has to pass it, three-fifths of the House, three-fifths of the Senate. And if they pass it, then it uh, goes on the ballot. And 60% of the voters have to approve it, right? Yeah, so it has to pass uh, with 60% of uh, voters voting for it. If it does get on the ballot, would it pass here? I think it'd be really close. I think it would pass. If it passed, it would be like 62%, 61 If it failed, it'd be like 56 57 So it'd be right around the 60 and it would be a nail-biter until the votes were counted. And of course, here we live here in Illinois, and votes that come out of nowhere, that's what we'd be concerned about, too. Well, let me ask you this, too. It would be great if we could keep it from getting on the ballot, but we have so many pro-abortion lawmakers, a majority in our legislature, does it do any good to call these pro-abortion lawmakers and say, could you please not pass this? Uh, I'm in Springfield every day when they're in session, and believe me, it makes a big difference when you call your legislator or you email your legislator or you write. The reason it makes so much difference, even if um, we're in the minority, is that legislators talk. They talk a lot. That's their job. And so they have a lot of downtime in Springfield where they talk to each other and the leaders know that uh, a lot of calls are coming in. And what I always say is, you know, even if, if it looks like you're going to lose something, which you don't know, God is still calling us to be his light in the state capitals. He's asking us to do our part. So God never asks us to be successful. God asks us to be faithful in defending life. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. We'll continue our conversation with Dave Curtin, the Illinois Family Institute lobbyist in Springfield, after this.
with a woman a look at culture from a Christian worldview. I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson promised to not eliminate Chicago's selective enrollment public schools, which require entry by test and target high-achieving students. However, in the name of equity, he's now proposing ending the selective process it takes to get in those schools. Decades ago, in an essay called Democratic Education, C.S. Lewis described why this understanding of equity will be doomed to fail. Quote, an education which gave the able and diligent boys no advantage over the stupid and idle ones would be in one sense democratic. No boy, no boy's parents could feel inferior. An education on those lines will be pleasing to democratic feelings. It will have repaired the inequalities of nature. But it's quite another question whether it will breed a democratic nation which can survive, or even one whose survival is desirable. Truth, he concluded, is not democratic. Political democracy is doomed if it tries to extend its demand for equality into higher spheres. Ethical, intellectual, and aesthetic democracy is death, end quote. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. America's chaplain faces jail time for the crime of being an American. Chaplain Stephen Lee tells his story 7 p.m. Tuesday, January 9th at the Church of Christian Liberty in Arlington Heights. Find out more at IllinoisFamily.org. We're going to fight this thing. This is bigger than me. Chaplain Lee provided pastoral care in the wake of natural disasters, 9-11, Columbine, and when 2020 election fraud charges surfaced in Georgia, he was there to offer spiritual help and guidance. But a left-wing prosecutor wants to silence him. This transcends politics, things like faith, family, and freedom. Help Chaplain Lee fight for freedom. Join him 7 p.m. Tuesday, January 9th at the Church of Christian Liberty in Arlington Heights. Find out more at IllinoisFamily.org. Go to IllinoisFamily.org. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here, and I'm joined by Dave Curtin. Dave is the Illinois Family Institute lobbyist in Springfield. A lot of legislative matters on the uh, agenda for our lawmakers. We've talked about a few of those, but let's also talk about some other issues as well. Tell us. There's interest in a bill that would curb the fentanyl epidemic. Fentanyl is the number one killer of our kids right now. IFI is working on legislation that would get bipartisan support and um, increase penalties for people who deal with fentanyl or consume. The hope is to get that passed in the Spring General Assembly. We'll see what happens. But what we're trying to do at IFI is keep talking about how life is precious, how our, our next generation of, of leaders, we have to rally around the family, we have to rally around the, we have to rally around the kids. So, This is really a pro-life issue if you think about it because fentanyl is killing so many people every day. Yeah, it is a very much a pro-life issue and uh, it's hard to get uh, legislators to disagree but then they'll they'll press the no button because some legislators will press the no button. They don't want to be seen as conservative. I can't understand why anybody would be opposed to this. What's the reasoning behind not wanting stricter regulations and maybe penalties on fentanyl. Well, if you put stricter penalties on fentanyl, then you as a lawmaker are saying that we think, you know, drugs are bad. Some drugs are bad, 
you're saying that we ought to look at penalties. And so then they're afraid that the next thing we're looking at is, because they just legalized drugs in Illinois, we're looking at making drugs illegal in Illinois. That would be their fear. Well, you're talking about the drug, marijuana, yeah. uh, and it's laced with uh, THC, yeah. high-content THC, not yeah, the marijuana of old. Communities are making a lot of tax revenue off of this. So it stands a reason if they can make money off of marijuana tax revenue, why not begin the process of legalizing other drugs? Are they talking about in the legislature, for now, they, they work incrementally, decriminalizing other drugs, fentanyl, meth, cocaine, heroin? Yes, they're starting to go up that ladder. They won't reach the heroin until they they get the uh, psychedelic mushrooms. But they are talking about decriminalizing some other drugs. They'll argue on the basis of how much money is coming in and worship at the altar of of the money that comes into the state coffers. They'll ignore all the money that is being used to... uh, treat families that, that have fallen apart because of drug use or um, people who end their lives because of drug use or anything like that. They'll ignore that side, but they always talk about how much money it will bring in. The ideological people will keep talking about how the fact that we should be uh, able to be free to do anything we want. Freedom is a very powerful message in our country. and uh, Libertarian point of view. Libertarian point of view. And as long as it has no morality attached to it, freedom uh, sounds pretty good. But uh, the minute you attach some sort of morality to it, then uh, they don't like that argument. You mentioned magic mushrooms. Big push for that. On the surface, the arguments are fairly good. Could help veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder. You buy any of that? Yeah, you can find a case here or there. Uh, but then when you find out, uh, you talk to people who are experts, they say, well, that veteran could have used something else and had the same effect. Yes, it helped, but you could use something else. You have to go back and forth with that one. It's uh, easier to say, well, it helps veterans or it helps PTSD, it helps, you know, different things, and you ignore all the other things that um, could be used that's not addictive. The drug legalization uh, effort has been going on since the 60s. They certainly uh, have grown and uh, gotten more sophisticated in their uh, in their marketing techniques, and so they are, um, they're in the driver's seat right now, whereas before, Uh, You couldn't get a legislator in the 70s or 80s or even 90s to say drug legalization would be a good idea. You get enough time, you you agitate enough, as Russell Inlaw used to say, that you fulfill your goal. So hardcore drugs could be legal, potentially, one of these days for recreational use. Sounds crazy. They're not looking at the big picture and all the implications and the negative impact of that. We have to speak out. Yeah, and that's the disappointing thing about this. There are lots of adults who are not talking about the negative impacts of of these things. Adult leaders, politicians who know very well that it's not good for a community or um, a kid to, uh, to get on these hard drugs. So that's what's been most disappointing is that the adults taking the pass on making those arguments. They stay silent uh, while the proponents and opponents make their arguments. There's a vast number of lawmakers who just stay silent on the floor and don't make any argument at all. And um, what's going through their mind, I don't know, but I, I know a lot of lawmakers that would be going through their mind. And they talk about just decriminalization now, but five years from now, 
we could be talking full-fledged legalization. Yeah, it's headed that way. The trend is that way. In Illinois and in America, we have certainly uh, ignored our Judeo-Christian principles to the extent that we really, um, when they talk about things to pass in the legislature, they talk about financial gain or will this help a certain community, identity politics. They never talk about the morality of such a thing. And um, that's too bad. Dave Curtin, thank you so much. Uh, God bless you. I'm sure you could use some prayers from our listeners because you've got a tough job down there in Springfield. Yeah, and I appreciate all the prayers. We're all in this spiritual battle together, and that's what it is, a spiritual battle. So I can feel them in Springfield when I'm walking around. I can feel the, the demons walking around, too. We know who wins. They may get a legislative victory here, but prayers are felt, and, uh, and we get some victories uh, along the way. And um, as long as we keep defending our Judeo-Christian principles in the, in the Capitol, we're happy. And who knows, one of these days maybe uh, Illinois will turn from deep blue to purple and maybe red sometime. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, you know, miracles happen. And it happened in Iowa. It, yeah, it happened in Iowa. It happened uh, in lots of states where they uh, took time, and when it seemed darkest is when it turned over. So we want, particularly people, if you're talking to your neighbor or your friend, try to get them engaged and uh, talk about these things because they're, uh, they're so important. You don't have to have all the answers, but just make people known where, where you stand, and, uh, and that has to be respected. All right. Thank you so much. Dave Curtin, lobbyist for the Illinois Family Institute down in Springfield. God bless. Please support the work of the Illinois Family Institute. If you'd like to give, click Donate on the IllinoisFamily.org homepage or call IFI at 708-781-9328. Be sure to join IFI for a special forum on dangerous drugs, 7 p.m. Monday, January 22nd at Grace Fellowship Church in Oak Forest. To find out more, click events at IllinoisFamily.org. Also, go to IllinoisFamily.org to sign on for IFI email updates. Keep IFI in your prayers and tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.